to the building, uh, like what, <laughs> three minutes ago. And, and then you were all like, hey, Ooh. hockey, Ooh, a Coffee, a boot, poutine, <laughs> Toronto, eh? Eh, oh. and I'm ready. How about those kids in the hall? <laughs> all right, about to make an appearance. Uh -oh. Hi, hey. oh, hello. Hey. How about that? Oh, oh. look at that. Uh, that's... <laughs> That was, that was a rare treat. You just saw producer Dave. If you think that we talk to people off camera and they're <laughs> imaginary, imaginary friends. <laughs> they're, they're real. <laughs> we actually have a crew in the room. That was like us <laughs> being Big Bird and then everybody got to see Snuffleupagus. Right. Like, he's really real. Who's that, that just guy? Happened. Who's that guy? Who's you know, that like guy? When, you see a, when you see a show, uh, like a, a play or a concert, and they have the people that dress in black, and yeah. they move stuff, you're the not crew. supposed to see them, right? but you know they need them, that's what happened. Yeah, and he's dressed very crude today. He's got yes. the dark colors on and everything. Yeah, he looks very motley. It was, he was like invisible. Mm. I didn't even, was that him? Was yeah, there a guy so. there? He's got a crew neck shirt on, so I'm guessing so. <laughs> yeah. Do you have crew socks on too? I hope so. Yeah, what's up? Ooh. Nice. Hundred percent crew. Yeah, cutting crew. <laughs> Chew you up and spit you. Up. Um, or no, wait. What was the cutting That's, crew song? You just you just sang Peter Murphy. Yeah, I did Peter Murphy. What was it? Uh, uh, I just died, died in your, your arms. arms tonight. That's what it is. <laughs> oh, why? Two different genres. Yes, I'm sorry. I went to. Do you, do you have a royal wedding hangover? <laughs> I do. I watched so much coverage. I ended up waking up not on purpose for the wedding, but at like four in the morning. And I, because I had migraines wow. all weekend, which is a total side uh. story. But I'm like, well, I'm up. I might as well see if they've started the uh, the coverage. And they had all the arrivals and the people coming to the wedding, and then the actual ceremony. I think started at seven. Uh, no. A.M. And no. Uh, yeah, and I watched more stuff later on in the night. No. Nope. But you, I'm assuming zero. There were certain weekends where just just out of nowhere, Michelle will let me sleep in, like yeah. sleep, like college style. Yeah. Like wake up and like, like what noon. did I miss? Yeah. And so <laughs> I woke up and I realized that Michelle and Jonah had gotten up, gone to the library, had breakfast, did something else, and then came home. And I had no <laughs> clue. I'm just ah, so rested this morning. This is great. Oh, Rip Van Winkle. Uh, yeah, so the obviously the main stars of the wedding were Prince Harry and Meghan Markle, but a superstar came uh, out of that ceremony right. that I don't know if people expected <laughs> necessarily <laughs> how everything was going to go down. I mean, they knew that the Archbishop of Canterbury was going to officiate most yeah, of the ceremony. And maybe tell some tales. True. Mm. Look at you, Canterbury Tales. Mm -hmm. uh, but uh, then there was a segment that was officiated by Bishop Michael Curry from Chicago. And he was amazing. And the uh, British aristocracy did not know how to handle Bishop Michael Curry they, from they Chicago. They don't know how to handle that much. That's what happens when you have outsiders marry in. <laughs> yes. I mean, he gave a great speech about the power of love. Right. And I was throwing out some Martin Luther King quotes. And some Huey Lewis lyrics. That's the power of love. Did he tell the story about how, uh, you know, Megan's parents met at the Enchantment Under the Sea dance? After Megan's dad laid out the bully in high school. He saved it. I think he saved that for the reception. Oh. He didn't tell that one actually ah. during the ceremony. Ah. But yeah, so after he spoke, they had an all-black gospel choir performing a passionate rendition of Stand By Me. I, mean, I it was. I love, you know, Michelle and I, we considered having a Baptist choir Did you? at our wedding. You were at our wedding. Yeah, but there was no Baptist choir. Yeah. You had a cat in your lap, though. Remember that? 
No, oh, from the outside, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you looked at me like, what, what are you saying? I'm, is that a double entendre or am I? Oh, there was an actual cat. Yes, there was. Uh, so, yeah, so Bishop Curry was just the absolute superstar on that wedding for the reactions, good and confused, basically, mm. which I adored. So they had uh, Keenan Thompson playing Bishop Curry on uh, the news on SNL over the weekend, and that was also perfect. The unexpected star of this morning's royal wedding <laughs> is Chicago Bishop, Bishop Michael Curry, who delivered a lively sermon that British journalists called unconventional. Here to explain is Bishop Michael Curry. Somebody opened up a chicken and waffles kiosk in the middle of a pottery barn. <laughs> and I was working at Michael. I'm up there giving my all. And a sea of white faces is just looking back at me. And I thought, oh, Lord, help me. This must be what it's like to be Darius Rooker. <laughs> I take it you've never done a royal wedding before. Oh, of course I haven't. Michael, I'm a black preacher from Chicago. The biggest wedding I ever did was for Scotty Pippen. <laughs> Well, despite the crowd, your, your sermon got great reviews. That's because it was all about love. Love is great. Love is redemptive. Mm -hmm. Love can change the world. And love is what makes a Subaru a Subaru. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Subaru! It's comfortable, man. Uh, yeah. I thought you did great, but some people said it went on too long. Oh, well, that's nonsense. They told me I had five minutes, but the good Lord multiplied it into a cool 16. <laughs> well, you did great, and the whole world knows your name now. Yeah, I'm real excited. When you're a black preacher who becomes famous, you either get your phone tapped by the FBI <laughs> or audited by the IRS. I'm looking forward to it. Praise Jesus. Bishop Michael Curry, everybody. Yes, indeed. <laughs> That's <laughs> I love that he dropped the Darius Rucker right. <laughs> joke because right. he went from hooting the blowfish to uh, country music. I was waiting for sexual chocolate. I know, that's me. <laughs> Get again of the honor. That's going to 100% reminded me of coming to America. But yes, uh. so that was an amazing thing from the wedding. Something that surprised me was that uh, Prince Harry invited his ex-girlfriends to the right. wedding. Uh, two of them. He's got a type. He, mm -hmm. Prior yeah. to Meghan Markle, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> prior to Meghan Markle, he liked them um, hot and white and blonde, <laughs> <laughs> just like my Starbucks morning blend. <laughs> yes, he was into the blondies, and so he invited both of them. And I get it. I mean, there were like 600 people at the ceremony, so it's not like he's going to have to spend any awkward moments with them. Right. And I don't think they were invited to the 200-person reception that was much, right. much later. Well, it. it it apparently is tradition. Yeah. To invite your exes. Okay. These Prince, royals. Hmm. Prince William invited five of his ex-girlfriends when he got married to That's Kate so Middleton. Bizarre. And then Prince Charles, and this is not awkward at all, invited two of his exes to his wedding to Diana, one of whom he's married to now, that being Camilla Parker Bowles, who he would go mm. on to continue to have an affair with through mm. his marriage, and he's like, mm. why not bring my mistress to the wedding? Have they not heard the saying, the apple does not fall far from the tree? Yeah. Hmm. 
I just, I couldn't, and I know people. I know people who've invited their exes to their weddings, and I don't get it. I, if you want to be cool with an ex, if you consider an ex a friend, that's mm. one thing. But if there is one day where you can just leave them to the side right. and concentrate on other people, let that be your wedding day. Not with an ex, but I'm very, very good friends with my ex's sister and brother-in-law, and I was invited to their wedding. That's another tricky one when you and stay close <laughs> to the family members. I wouldn't have brought a plus one because that would have been super awkward. Yeah. But, yeah. And it, to see people that at one time could have been your in-laws oh, at a wedding. I could, but to me, it would be fine because we all just get along. I've seen them at funerals. I've seen them at the whole shebang. <laughs> so. so to speak. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I just, and I, I didn't realize uh, until I was reading up on it that this is just a thing that they do. They no. just all... Invite their exes well, to the wedding because they're still sort of in the same posh circles, and so they're going to see each other. So. Cousins. <laughs> Stop. It's just like inviting distant cousins to a wedding, right? <laughs> I, I guess. This is my ex-girlfriend slash third cousin twice removed. Now I know you don't care about the fashion, but there were a couple of fashion things that were sort of <laughs> funny um, as far as what people thought of what people were wearing. Kate Middleton's sister Pippa was there, and Pippa, of course, was very famous at the royal wedding mm. with Kate Middleton and Prince William because of Pippa's butt, Pippa's hiney. Oh yeah. That instead of the Bishop Michael Curry, it was Pippa's butt that was the star mm. in that wedding because yeah. she was, you know, holding her sister's train and the dress that she was wearing. People were like, "Damn, whose hiney is that?" And, <laughs> <laughs> Pippa became famous. Well, this time, uh, Pippa became famous because she was wearing a, a lovely pale green dress mm -hmm. with some pink flowers on it, and people realized she looked like something familiar. Yes. And that would be an Arizona green tea can. <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty close. It's it's, it's pretty, pretty close. close. It's it's the same shade of green. It is, yeah. The blossoms are very close. I'd yeah. say if there was a branch, oh, there are branches there. So no, it's identical. <laughs> so she is, it, refreshing. And if you would like to have some tea, thanks for Pippa to reminding us. Mm -hmm. Then uh, George and Amal Clooney. Amal Clooney was uh, head to toe in like a golden mustardy yellow outfit. A lot of people mm. were saying she was best dressed, but for some reason. All across Twitter, everyone kept making the same joke that it looked like Clooney and Amal were there to do like an Ocean's Eleven type heist. Absolutely. And rob <laughs> the aristocracy of all of their jewels. I don't know why. I would, you know, somewhere in the background, they're going to cut to like Matt Damon, like, you know, <laughs> coming down through a bell tower and taking the crown jewels exactly. or something like that. <laughs> Yeah, that, two things I heard about this were this, that it looked like Ocean's Eleven, and then also that Amal's hat looked like a spaceship. But other than that... Well, you know, she is wearing Star Trek mustard yellow. True. Yes. True. Leave it to you. Yeah, she could be navigating the Enterprise. Mm-hmm. And then there were tons of celebrities that were tweeting about the event, including Billy Idol. Now, if Billy Idol tweets about a wedding, what do you want him to tweet? Um, Rebel Yell? No. Dancing with myself? No. How about White Wedding? Looks like a nice day for a white wedding. But That's he did it! 
that's what you tweet when you're Billy Idol. But he instead, walked the line. Oh, and he knew what he was. Oh, Billy Idol, you rascally rabbit. He tweeted, looks like a lovely day in, U in the UK for Harry and Meghan's wedding. And people on Twitter were losing it because he didn't right. say nice day for a white wedding. In in Billy's, in William's defense. Yeah, well, yes, he is. In, in Mr. Idol's now. defense. He's going by William now. He's, he's aged. <laughs> he's matured. Um, do you think he would have received the same amount of attention if he would have quoted his own lyric? Yes, I no. think I, I think, think people not. would have loved it, but outrage does get you more yes. attention. I think this was by design. I'm just saying. Well, yeah. I mean, obviously, he knows the lyrics to his most famous right. songs. So I mean, I it's think. not like he had to read the lyrics, because if that were the case, it would be Eyes Without a Face. Oh, proud of you. <laughs> and he's back. And it's Monday. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the craziest things that I was reading about had nothing to do with the wedding directly. How did you find this? So, I, <laughs> you know, well, I, you know, because the, the media was crazy to talk to anybody who had any sort of royal connections. Mm -hmm. And so InStyle magazine spoke to this guy named Darren McGrady. And he is a former royal chef. He had worked mm -hmm. for Queen Elizabeth for 11 years, and then he worked with Diana at Kensington Palace and the kids for four years until minute. she died. If, if you're a royal chef, isn't that like a life job? Don't you keep that? You know, like people that work at the White House, don't you stay there forever until you die he, or retire? He worked with Diana and the kids until she died, and I don't know what happened oh, after so that. Oh, so Chuck didn't like him. I, I, don't, I don't know his deep resume. All I know is that he used to work at the palace mm -hmm. and he worked closely with the kids. He probably didn't like the new bowls that came into the kitchen. Oh, drift. you know what I'm saying. So he told a story about the two princes, Prince William and Prince Harry and Diana, that was supposed to convey a little bit about their relationship with each other mm. and the personalities of the two princes. Right. And he Isn't that a spin doctor song? Yes. Okay. Da -da -da -da. Um, uh. So he said that William was, as most teenage boys, obsessed with supermodels. And right around that time, Cindy Crawford was mm -hmm. big. And so Prince William had a big Cindy Crawford poster on his wall. Uh -huh. And so Diana was so cool that she actually invited three supermodels to tea for his birthday, including Christy My Turlington. God. Must be nice. So the models come over for tea, and this chef claims that when he went into the kitchen, she had ordered a cake that was in the shape of naked boobs for Prince William's 13th birthday party to embarrass him. To embarrass him? Yes. And then First she makes a deposit into a spank bank and then gets him into a <laughs> boob cake. My goodness. And then she brings, you know, they have him bring the cake out with the candles. Everybody's singing happy birthday. Supermodels are singing him happy birthday. And he's red-faced as they realize that his mom brought out a boob cake for his birthday. Mark, you know what? At that point, you finish up with afternoon tea. Yeah. You give him a spanky and uh, some hand lotion and send him up out to his room. Mom! <laughs> don't knock! I'm cold here! Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and so Prince William was super embarrassed by the whole thing, but apparently Prince Harry was like, wow, can I have that cake for my birthday? <laughs> and so that chef said that he could tell that Harry was going to be the fun one, the mischievous one, which he was for most of his life. I mean, prior to this wedding, he was the, mm. the naughty royal that mm. was like, getting drunk and taking oh, yeah. naked pictures. Going to raves in Ibiza. Didn't he, uh, I think he challenged Ryan Lochte to a swim race. I think in, he in did. A pool in, uh, in Vegas, I think, at some point. I mean, <laughs> he's like, I'm never going to be king. I might as well live it up. Wouldn't you, I mean, you know, 
If your mom is getting you boob cakes and parties with supermodels, then why the hell not? Yeah. You know? She laid down the groundwork. If she were still alive, could you imagine the bachelor party oh. that this guy would have had? Diana would have been <laughs> like, do it up, buddy. <laughs> be like, do it up. Charles would be like, hmm. And Diana would be like, hey, let me hook my kids up. You be you. Did you, what's, how, how was your family or how did you feel about having parents uh, dads or moms at the bachelor or the bachelorette party? Um, Michelle didn't have a bachelorette party. I went to New York. Wow. <laughs> so. And what did we do in New York? Well, my dad wasn't invited. Okay. Yeah. It was, a, I had a relative, I used to be the guy that the wives hated because I would oh, throw these Joe crazy. Oh, Joe the bad influence. I was the bad wedding, st- if I stood up really? in your wedding and I threw your bachelor party. Then it was, it was like the hangover. Yeah. The, the fiance did not like me. It took, there was one friend of mine that I was involved with this bachelor party, and to this day, there are so many outrageous rumors, and I will not tell which ones are real, which ones are not. We, okay, well, yeah. we need we need to do an after-hours show. <laughs> yes. Not that the show isn't almost already, uh-huh. but yes, we need to do one where we get to hear the real stories of what happened <laughs> when Joe throws your bachelor party. Uh-huh. So I definitely watched a lot of royal wedding coverage over the weekend, but on Friday... Did you? I went to go see Deadpool 2! Electric Boogaloo! Yes, and it was a big winner at the box office, 125 million, respectable. Mm. Took down uh, Infinity War in their, what are they, fifth week now? I don't even know Uh, how many weeks out there. uh, Yeah, coming up on the fourth. It came out on April 27th. And if you look at Deadpool as a comedy instead of just like a superhero movie, Mm. they're saying that they set a new opening weekend record for comedy sequels. Uh, Yeah, it walks the line. It's more of a comedy than The Martian was. Uh, Yes. Just saying. I would say so, yes. And they had a whole bunch of uh, cameos in there. And there's also a very special parental advisory warning that came out of the movie that had nothing to do with the main movie itself, necessarily. And this may be a -a one-of-a-kind parental advisory. And we will let you know what that is when we get back on Pop That Culture. Hey, you guys, it's Raphael of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Guess what? The only thing we can get down here in the sewer is Skatetainment Weekly on new radio media. Turtle power! Guys, wait up. Hold on. Daddy said hold on. You know, I was thinking, Bill. Yeah. I'm ready for our show, and, and you're ready for mm-hmm. the show, but how do we let everyone know that we're ready for the show? Uh, slow motion rap video? At Murray's Park City, we're known for offering customer service you won't get in any chain store or online. But don't take it from me, just listen to what our customers have to say. The employees at Murray's are knowledgeable, courteous. They make you feel like you're at home. Pick up a can of Seafoam Fuel System Treatment for only $6.99 or a five-quart container of Mobile One Motor Oil for just $28.95. Murray's Park City and Pontiac Trail at Maple Road in Walled Lake. We've got the parts you need when you need them. Want to stay informed, entertained, and enlightened? Get connected and stay connected today to New Radio Media. The New Radio Media app is now available for download in the Apple and Google Play Store. Just search for NRM Streams. 
for unlimited access to archived, live, new, exciting, and unique content. Welcome to Geektainment Weekly. All for free. Do it now. Stay connected. I was hit by something last night in my It's a dead man's party. Welcome back to Pop That Culture. We're talking about Deadpool 2 because I did go on Friday. Mm. I had a weird experience as well. This has never happened to me in a movie before. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, so <laughs> Do I, tell. <laughs> so I went by myself, you know, mm -hmm. like in the middle of the day and uh, had my snacks. And uh, usually I like going at off time. So you, I have to deal with the least amount of people possible. Right. And sometimes I'll just say, screw it. And I will sit in the forwardmost part, even though you have to crane your neck back. Oh, no. Because I know no one's going to sit near me, and I can spread out, you know, jacket, purse, <laughs> food, and I just, like, I have the whole... Do you put the armrests <laughs> Yeah. And I know no one's going to be kicking the back of my seat. I can uh -huh. stretch out my legs. I like to have as much space as possible. Right. But the way that this particular... Um, showing was going that was not going to happen and so I did what I normally don't do which was to sit like in the middle of the theater on the edge by mm. myself with my own stuff and this guy who had been in line ahead of me getting snacks oh boy here it comes who walks in and uh, I'm like there are so many seats left dude in my head I didn't say this out loud but please just pick it don't I don't want someone right behind me like that's my I like having my space please don't sit right behind me sits right behind there are so many other places that he could have sat Did he park next to you too he sits no he sits right behind me and so the, they're still showing the trailers and all of a sudden um he oh sorry got an eyelash it's coming <laughs> up um he leans forward and he said excuse me i'm like yes are you here alone are you sitting by yourself yes can i sit with you no <laughs> no i'm like i don't I didn't want to offend him, but I, sir, I, I would, I would like to sit alone. Is that all right? And he's like, yeah, that's cool. I'm like, what do you need? That's You're not a child. You don't need someone to hold your hand through Deadpool. Like, what are you doing asking a stranger in the dark if you can sit with them no. for the rest he's, of the he's, movie? He was, he probably followed you into the, he was watching you the whole time. Oh, yeah, you should be totally skeeved out right now. It was. Absolutely. Well, if we're telling stories about movies, you want to hear a good one that happens to friends of mine? Giddy up. So actually, friends of Michelle... They have two little boys. They went to go see a children's movie, mm -hmm. and they were in the theater mostly by themselves. So they're sitting in the center of the theater, like that, that first tier mm -hmm. that you're talking about. And a couple comes in, and they have two children of their own. They sit down, give the boys their popcorn, and the dad comes up to my wife's coworker and says, we're going to go see a different movie. Could you keep an eye on our boys? No! And No, I and, am not watching her children for you. Her... Coworker, Michelle's coworker says, uh, she's totally caught off guard. Uh, sure. Oh. <laughs> so the parents leave and they don't think the second thing about it. And then at some point, as the credits are really, they get up to leave, they're like, wait a minute. Was the other kid there? Like at some point, the other oh, kid left the theater no. to find his parents. Oh, no. And then his parents brought him back in. And then so as the movie's ending, they're leaving. She's like, wait, we're both boys there? And she doesn't know. That is so terrifying. Terrible parenting. Yes. Terrible parenting. The audacity yeah. of the parents that are like, yep, 
we know you're complete strangers. We're gonna leave our children with you in a dark room. I would have I would have called Child Protective Services and or had just them gone out the to the manager and be yeah, like, hey, no, that's so not cool. This is not cool, bro. Not cool. Yeah. yeah well, but the, I like the movie. It was hysterical, and um, they have a an album that's just the score from the the movie, which is music. But there's also um, choral parts to it. There's a choir that's singing. <laughs> And originally, when they were recording this for the, the movie, they just had the choir doing sort of nonsense Latin-ish words. And then they were like, you know what, we're actually going to have them sing words. And some of the phrases that they were singing were, you can't stop this mother effer and holy S-balls. <laughs> and so because the choir is singing very seriously, like, holy yes. S-balls. Um, they had to put a parental advisory on this movie score album, which has not happened before, I don't think, ever. It's, it's a first for a classical album from yeah. Sony that they had to put parental advisory on a classical album. I mean, they're used to doing uh, this soundtrack for Titanic, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, like winning Oscars, and then now they decide to do the music for Deadpool 2 and they get smacked with a parental advisory. Right. <laughs> Could you imagine being a classically trained vocalist Work your way up through the ranks your whole life from, you know, to the glee level, you know, mm -hmm. and then, uh, then all of a sudden you're singing on movie soundtracks. Oh, I made it. And I then totally all of a sudden the, the conductor comes in and says, okay, um, your Latin sounding stuff, not so much. Let's uh, switch it up. Um, anybody for, uh, how about Oli S-Balls? How about that? Are you good with Let's that? Let's throw it in. Are you guys good? You Let's good? You good? Well, you, you're not? Leave. Get Go. The, the best part about it is that they do it, you know, so seriously and perfectly mm -hmm. the whole time. Now, in the movie, there are several cameos, and we're not going to spoil all of them, but there is one in particular, so spoiler alert. Mm. One is so fast, I think it might be under a second long, this particular cameo, but the one that I didn't know while I was watching the movie, and I'm so mad at myself for not realizing who it was and picking up on it, and again, last chance at a spoiler alert, was Matt Damon. Right. Matt Damon. <laughs> he uh, he is so well disguised in the movie. They got prosthetics and a wig on him and a fake belly. And I remember when I was seeing this character sitting on the bed of a pickup truck drinking beer, telling his story, his manifesto about how one should properly uh, clean their butt after uh, a number two in the bathroom. Toilet paper, wet wipes, <laughs> a hair dryer if you need it. I remember when he was sitting there, I thought, that looks like a basketball underneath his shirt right. to make him look like he has a belly. I thought it was really weird, but I didn't realize that it was weird because it was a fake belly, and it was a fake belly because it was Matt Damon. Well, did I missed his uh, spoiler alert, if you haven't seen it. I missed his cameo in Ragnarok. Which was so good. It was, and it was but you totally, could see his face right, in that one. Right, you could one. totally see his face. And I'm yeah. just like, I was kicking myself for not picking up on that. Yeah, he's so... I guess this is like a Matt Damon thing. There have been more than the two we're about to mention, but he was in Eurotrip as a tattooed lead singer of a punk band that sings Scotty Doesn't Know. And then the Thor Ragnarok one, they're basically like a troupe of actors that are doing the plot mm -hmm. of the first movie. Right. And Matt Damon is in there 100% playing Loki. And right. Just, and nobody's making reference to the fact that that's <laughs> Matt Damon in there. And it was perfect and priceless. But yeah, in uh, Deadpool... Just look for that scene because I think it would almost be funnier if I went back to see Deadpool 2 again, now mm -hmm. knowing that that's Matt Damon in there giving this speech about how to wipe your butt. I, 
Yeah, probably. No, it, it would change. I mean, after I figured out who the hell Tom Cruise played in Tropic Thunder. Right. It blows I, your mind. It totally blew my mind, and it totally changed the movie yeah. the second time I saw it. Yeah. Uh, now, Matt Damon's Deadpool character was talking about his poop manifesto. There mm. was a, another woman who gave her poop manifesto and was making headlines all over the place because she uh, went into a Tim Hortons in British Columbia and was so angry, she just pooped on the I, floor in Tim Hortons and no, then picked it up no, like a monkey in a zoo no, and just threw it at no, the employees. No. And no. the security footage caught it, and then that video was all over the place. First of all, Canadians don't do that. It's very un-Canadian-like. Canadians should not even have a lower GI tract. <laughs> That's how nice they are. That's how nice Canadians are. Oh, Except for Patrick Waugh. Oh, wow. Patrick Waugh, that, that's the exception to the rule. So people were asking, oh, wow, oh, why was this woman deciding to just lose control of her faculties on the ground? And I think she had <laughs> control if she did it on, uh, on demand. Well, so apparently uh, this Tim Hortons would not let her use the bathroom. Mm. They, she must be an annoying customer because they cited past behavior and out of concern for the immediate safety of team members and guests at the restaurant. Usually at Tim Hortons, they will, you don't have to buy anything and you can use the bathroom. Sometimes they have to give you a key or buzz you or whatever. Right. But usually they let you do it. But I guess it is left up to their discretion if they feel like someone is not kosher, not cool, if they don't want to let mm -hmm. you do it. And so she needed to use the bathroom already. And then when they told her no, she was so angry, she was like, well, I guess your floor in the front yeah. lobby is my bathroom now, right. bitches. I've got your Tim bits right here. Yeah. Just absolutely disgusting. So now at least we have an explanation why she did what she did. I, no. And we'll see if she mm -mm. ends up uh, facing fines or charges or what's happening with that one. Now, on the a couple of weeks ago, we talked about how Troy is doing this thing, the Troy Police Department. Yes. They, in order to, I think, to raise money for and raise awareness for the Humane Society, they decided to adopt a kitten for the Troy Police Department. Mm -hmm. And, uh, well, they had one kitten, and that kitten got sick. And so yes. now, now they've moved on <laughs> so, from, from Pofficer badges to Pofficer donuts. Right. I, there's so many layers to this. First of all, how do you get rid of the first kitten? Well, the kitty was sick. She couldn't complete her reign as Miss America, and so they had to bring in the... The backup kitten. If your job is to sit there and purr, right. then I'm quite sure that kitten could accomplish it. So this was all for charitable reasons, and then it was also um, if, let's say, uh, the, a child has to be in the a police station for some reason, mm. and they're upset or they're stressed or whatever, they thought maybe they could bring the kitten out to kind of be there for yes. a child or something like that. Or if uh, police officers go to visit a school and give a speech, maybe they could bring Pofficer Donuts mm. with them. Um, and, uh, and it's just this cute, relatively harmless thing. And then I'm scrolling around on Facebook and I happen to catch a video of one of the most recent episodes of The Daily Show. Mm -hmm. And they did <laughs> a whole piece right about why this is dumb and why this shouldn't have happened they're just it's weird when you see something on the daily show that's ripping on something that happened yeah. that's like from your and, local and they're area. totally ragging on this yes. entire thing now i have a question personally about this okay being a parent because michelle and i have had this discussion if the first kitten was sick why didn't they just get a look-alike kitten nobody would have known uh 
I don't, you know what? I, I would have done that. Because they had like five finalist yeah. kittens that looked really? relatively the same, but had slightly different really? markings. And there had already been pictures. You know, it, in, I, in light of wanting to have <laughs> a police administration that has full transparency, I right. think they wanted everyone to know that this right. was... I know, because of the scandal that would erupt of so A many different kitten. So when we get back, you are going to see one of the reporters on The Daily Show going full throttle after Troy's police kitten. Hi, I'm Andy. And I'm David. Join us for fun and adventure on our new show, Podquesters where we fight through imaginary battles and pray to the dice gods for good rolls. Yes, it's an epic sweeping adventure. We try to fulfill our destinies without driving the Dungeon Master crazy. I thought that was the point. Anyways, check us out here on NewRadioMedia.com Fridays, Podquesters. See you there. Advertising your business these days can be challenging. Traditional radio and TV ads are expensive and, frankly, a bit of a crapshoot. Not to mention, the audience for over-the-air material is shrinking as more and more of us demand to see and hear what we want, when we want. Advertising on new radio media is a solution. With our live streaming programs that are also available on demand, your message is always ready when your customers are ready to watch and listen, all for a fraction of what you'd likely have been paying for other ads. NewRadioMedia.com. Call Buzz Van Houten at 248 939-9999 for more information. A study from Johns Hopkins researchers indicates a high-fat diet may lead to the development of new nerve cells in your brain that influence how much you eat. But it's also been known for decades that the brain continues to form new nerve cells well into adulthood. So for now it appears the process occurs not only in the parts of your brain associated with memory and a sense of smell, but also in the ones that control your various body functions, including hunger and thirst. One researcher believes that your brain functions this way as part of your body's survival mechanism. When food is abundant, it generates cells that will make you eat more and make you store excess calories as fat for use when food is not readily available. But the problem with humans, particularly those in developed countries, is that food is almost always readily available. So the more you eat, the more fat you store, and the greater becomes your appetite. With another prescription for your health, I'm Dr. Jim Bragman. Way down among Brazilians, coffee beans grow by the billions, so they've got to find those extra cups to fill. They got an off. Welcome back to Pop That Culture. That, is that like your theme song of life? It's totally. That's my that's my <laughs> mantra, my theme song. I walk down the aisle to it. Yeah. And that'll be uh, played at my funeral instead of Amazing Grace. <laughs> you are one coffee-addicted man. Am. Trust mm -hmm. me. But yeah, we were talking about The Daily Show because in one of their more recent episodes, they went to town on uh, making fun of the Troy Police mm. Department and the fact that they now have a police kitten. So please enjoy. And cops around the country are making changes. But in Michigan, there's one police department that's going way too far. There is a new sheriff in town today. The Troy Police Department's newest officer was sworn in for duty. This is the latest recruit to the Troy Police Department feline unit. Meet Officer Donuts, ready to report for duty. Officer Donut is the first official police cat in Michigan. We want to show that the police have a human side too. Wow, the police got a kitten. Finally, Colin Kaepernick can stand. 
how is this supposed to humanize the police? Liking cats doesn't make you sympathetic. It makes you every lonely person on Instagram, right? <laughs> and look, I get that law enforcement today is willing to do anything to get people to like them, except obviously not shoot black people. But <laughs> this won't work, because throwing cats at a problem never solved anything, right? I learned that the hard way during a grease fire in my apartment. <laughs> Ronnie, Ronnie, I feel like you're taking this too seriously. I'm taking this too seriously. Yo, the police had the judge swear the cat in. Judge Nielsen Hartig and Judge McGinnis performed the ceremony, asking Officer Donut to raise her right paw. <laughs> she promised to protect and serve, act as an ambassador to the community, be tolerant of the canine unit, and even cuddle when needed. Okay, first of all, if you've ever spent any time with a cat, you know that that oath is bullshit, okay? <laughs> the only oath a cat ever keeps is to show you his butthole and tear up your couch. Ronnie, you are being heartless. The cat's so cute. I'm being heartless. Yo, just listen to how the cops treated their previous cat. The campaign to fill their feline unit has had ups and downs. This week, they found out the original kitty recruit, Officer Badges, has feline leukemia. It's a good thing we had Officer Donut in the wings that was able to rise to the occasion. That police department is cold, all right? Their first police cat got cancer, so they replaced him with another cat. Who fires a sick kitten? Now Officer Badgers isn't just dealing with kitty leukemia, he's an alcoholic too. Probably down at a local bar laughing Jameson out of a saucer. <laughs> oh, first of all, that kitten is ridiculously cute. It's cute. I think there. they just should have done the swap. <laughs> I would have swapped the cat. And and not tell anybody not that anybody. it was. Nobody like, would have this known. This is totally Officer Badgers. Either that or you test for feline leukemia prior. That's the, to give there, the, cat that's the, the actual answer. I'm just saying. Mm -hmm. Just saying. Yeah, because normally you have to test for those things, I think, before you can adopt. Right. So. Well, you know, police officers have to go through a rigorous amount of testing, mm -hmm. both psychologically, physically, you know, before true. they can get the badge. Mm -hmm. And some of them you have to make sound effects to trick bad guys into thinking that bullets are being shot, you know, through the intercom of yes. the police car. Um, but this cat could have had its own test done prior to getting the badge. You That's are, all I'm saying. You are so correct, Joe. Mm. Now, there was a story about police being called that made headlines a little while ago, and that was at Starbucks. Correct. When these two black men went there to wait for another guy for a business meeting. They didn't buy anything, but they wanted to use the bathroom. They were denied use of the bathroom. And then the employee was so freaked out, they called the cops to arrest these two guys right. for daring to be in the Starbucks. Excuse the hell out of me. Yes. So boycotts, protests, mm -hmm. they shut Starbucks down for a day so they could retrain their employees on how not yeah. to be the training complete racist. Everybody has bladders. <laughs> if they have bladders, sometimes they have to <laughs> empty said bladders. Let them use the restroom. Yes. That's your training for the day. Mm. I'm a cup of coffee. So over the weekend, uh, Starbucks actually changed their policy and said any customer is welcome to use Starbucks spaces, including our restrooms, mm. our cafes, our patios, mm. regardless of whether they make a purchase. Right. But I'll bet you Starbucks Wi-Fi costs have gone up. Do they I, charge I, you? I believe they do. You have to buy a membership, don't you? What? Anybody? Anybody? No? You guys don't hang out in coffee shops and use their Wi-Fi? No? I'm pretty sure you have to, to or in order to use Starbucks Wi-Fi, you have to get, like, you know how there's go-go in-flight? Uh, sure. When you, when you fly? Yeah. Sure. Thank you. <laughs> Thanks for humoring me, Sarah. Um, I think you have to, you have to be a subscriber 
for Starbucks Wi-Fi to use it in oh, any Starbucks location. That's where they get you. That's where they're going to. The rhythm is going to get you as well. <laughs> Just saying. So the uh, the Starbucks incident uh, on the part of the employees could be completely considered a failure, and they could go in this museum that is now in Sweden. I love it. There was a gentleman who decided that there are way too many museums to celebrate the beautiful things or the successful things, and so he created the Museum of Failure. And in it, they have things like the Harley Davidson leg, uh, legendary cologne. Apparently, mm. nobody wanted to yes. smell like a, a sweaty <laughs> right. uh, motorcycle guy. They call this brand extension in marketing. So if you have a successful product, you will make other products to take advantage of people's loyalty to said product. Yeah. So Harley Davidson made cologne. Colgate made beef lasagna. Whoa! I did not know that at any time a toothpaste brand decided right? they wanted to veer off into frozen dinners and that Colgate once made a lasagna. Exactly. Now, if you were Colgate, wouldn't you change the brand because I, that's terrible association. Nobody wants to eat lasagna while they're still tasting toothpaste. These right. two things don't go well in or your brain. So. nobody wants to eat lasagna that has fluoride in it. Did it have fluoride in it? <laughs> or Killing two birds with one stone. Did, well, did they make like pasta trays that they fill in with marinara sauce and you put it in your mouth, you have to let it sit there for an hour at the dentist office First trying to stay awake in the chair. stain your teeth and then yes. we sell you the products to clean your teeth. That's thinking. And then the Betamax. Yeah! And Google Glass made it into this museum of failure. <laughs> I didn't remember Kellogg's also having an OJ cereal. Not the football player, but yeah. uh, where like, they had little puffs that tasted like That's orange juice. Disgusting! Again, nobody wants orange juice and cereal combined. Have you ever accidentally poured orange juice into your cereal? I, okay, so I will admit this. In college, when I was desperate and all we had was orange juice and we had corn no. checks, I poured orange juice on corn checks. And it was... On purpose? It was okay. I no. lived. I lived. I accidentally poured orange juice into Captain Crunch with Crunch Berries, and it was dis-effing disgusting. <laughs> to coin a word. I guess you did. I, no, I didn't. Uh, also at the Failure Museum is uh, Trump the Game. He had a game? Yes. Where you fire people. <laughs> Then uh, there was the Trump vodka, Trump water, uh, Steaks, things like that. mattresses. Uh, the OJs, yeah, disgusting. So gross. Lifesaver holes. Yeah, they because... look like little Courtney Loves that are fruit-flavored. <laughs> I am. Yeah. Sun apart. <laughs> um, I mean, obviously, donut holes are a thing. That worked. That was successful. People like the Timbits and the mm. whatever. But uh, people didn't want the tiny little center bit of a lifesaver. <laughs> Why wouldn't they? I don't know. So yeah, you can go to uh, Sweden to the Museum of Failure to laugh your ass off at all of the different things that are considered to be failures over the years. I consider this next thing to be a complete failure. <laughs> and that would be one Mr. Steven Tyler hitting on his daughter Liv Tyler's famous girlfriends right in front of her. No. Yes. No. Yes. Yeah, on James Corden's show, he does a thing called, I think it's called like, spill your guts or fill your guts, where he'll ask you a seemingly difficult personal mm. question, and you can either tell everybody the answer or eat whatever disgusting thing is on the table in front of you. Wow. And so they sort of spin the wheel of disgusting things that you could possibly eat. For this one, it was dried caterpillars. Wow. And uh, Gross. 
And I don't even think Steven, I think Steven Tyler probably would have eaten the dried caterpillar. <laughs> I just stepped on my mic cable. Sorry. Did you? Are you all right? I just, I just pulled my neck like, down. I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think he would have eaten the caterpillar. I think he was just proud to actually tell this story. Right. Um, so you will find out right now who it was that Steven Tyler decided to take a pass at. Steven, your daughter Liv is a movie star. Have you ever hit on one of her movie star friends? <laughs> if so, who? <laughs> Why, yes, I have. have you... <laughs> okay. Who was it? And I got a lot of for it, too. Go on. All right, so I was at, um, uh... Uh, Stella McCartney's party, she invited us to, and of course I went with Liv, and it was in England, I believe. Right. So we left, and we all jumped in a van. And who would be sitting to my right? Cameron Diaz. <laughs> so I look at this beautiful woman, and I said, Cameron, should you ever... <laughs> ...need someone to take you to the movies, or, you know... Like, if I was to ask you to show me around London, and, of course, Liv went, Daddy! <laughs> you're hitting on my best girlfriend! <laughs> and, you know, I got ashamed for a moment, but then that's just kind of... Just, so. <laughs> and that's it. That's I'm it. He is such an odd-looking human being. He kind of creeps me out. Well, Not just because he was hitting on his daughter's friends, but also because it's just it's him. Well, yeah. Well, he is Steven Tyler. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and there's something about Cameron. I, you know, I can see that happening. I'm not giving him a pass for it, <laughs> but if you're a rock star, aren't you supposed to basically hit on everybody? Sure, right? yeah. I mean... And I'm sure it's not the first time that he had hit on women that were the age of his daughter. I mean, that was going to happen all the time. But I think it was just sort of a timing thing where he's in a van with mm -hmm. his daughter. Right. And then, then, like, you know, leaning over to hit on one of her good friends right in front of her. See, I would have... Makes it extra special. Right. I would have guessed it would have been Alicia Silverstone. Well, they did star yeah. in just one or two of his videos. At I least one. I think it one. was one or two. And they were supposed to be palling around L.A. for a little bit together. Yeah. Liv and Alicia. Yeah. Or Alicia. Is <laughs> it weird... To have your daughter in your video as like the Lolita, as the sexy, sexy starring in your video. Um, if you're Steven Tyler, apparently no. I mean, he, clearly he was okay right. with it because I mean, they let it happen. Right. But. He, I, I would be, if I were a rock star, I'd be a little bit more protective of that kind of thing. Because he wasn't around for a good portion of her life. And no. then he kind of came in and, and was recognized as her dad. Right. Um, and they developed a good relationship right. with each other. But yeah, who's in the pitch meeting where I don't know if someone said it to him or he was like, here's what I see for the video. Put my daughter in a bra and underpants. Right. <laughs> and have her roll around with another hot young girl. Um, I am the director's like, I love the idea. <laughs> I personally, I love the yeah. idea. Now, Steven, 
You can put the kibosh on this if you want, but I think this will sell records. Uh, Steven, here's the deal. We're going to have your daughter uh, seemingly almost make out with another girl. Yeah, um, yeah, Are love you it. cool with that? Yeah. <laughs> I just like... need you to, here, you know, she's, she's a little young. Here's the permission slip. <laughs> oh, by the way, there's a field trip next Thursday. Oh, man. They're going to the museum, and then she's making out. Yuck. That's a, that's a yuck bell. <laughs> make it stop. Uh, uh, yes. Well, you know, Liv's mother is a, or was a former Playboy playmate. So. Oh, I didn't remember that. Yeah, okay. I knew. I thought she was a model, but I guess that's that counts. Mm -hmm. You are. Yeah. Well, you're modeling with new sort news. of in a way. <laughs> yeah. So that's how uh, Stephen Tyler likes to handle things when he's single and ready to mingle. We have some tips for you when we get back on if you think that you are ready to meet somebody, to have someone in your life, you may need to quit your job. And we will tell you why when we get back on Pop That Culture. Want to stay informed, entertained, and enlightened? Get connected and stay connected today to New Radio Media. The New Radio Media app is now available for download in the Apple and Google Play Store. Just search for NRM Streams for unlimited access to archived, live, new, exciting, and unique content. Welcome to Geektainment Weekly, all for free. Do it now. Stay connected. And action. And millions of ducks. You guys go to newradiomedia.com. The Arts and Entertainment Channel. On new radio media dot com. What's going on in your neighborhood? They say it takes a village. It's the simple things. The things that are a testament to the old. And the things that are a testament to the new. Know what's going on in your community. Check out our community channel on newradiomedia.com. It's all about you, and that's the way we like it. Where you're going. What you do to stay fit what you're eating, what you're thinking, and how you're feeling. Join the conversation at NewRadioMedia.com's Lifestyles channel. Stream the life you want to live. Welcome back to Pop That Culture. <laughs> I'm Sarah. And I'm Joe. And you can follow us at Pop That Culture Detroit on Facebook because we hate Twitter. Mm hmm. That is faux show. And uh, you found a list that was fascinating to me, put out yeah. by Thrillist, of top jobs that are most likely to, that you're most likely to stay single longer if this is your occupation. Right. And I don't know if they're trying to say, 
Well, if you want to stay single and play the field, this is what you should do. Because some of these occupations, I think, are very conducive to that. Yeah. Other ones... This number one was bartender. I mean, right. that's a hello. You're going to get hit on all the time, and your job is to flirt with people. Right. I don't know any bartenders that, uh, especially during their prime. Now, if they're bartenders, like, you've been around the block a little bit, and now you're doing, like, weddings and private parties. If yeah. you're the bartenders that know better... Um, I think you've settled down by now, but most bartenders that I know that actually work at clubs and stuff yeah. are getting it all the time. Sometimes, like right under the bar yes. while they're doing their job. Yes, so twenty percent tip if you catch them. <laughs> that happens. Mm. So they they were listed as number one for a job where you will probably still be single if you hold this job, but number two on the list was tile installers. Because when you show that crack <laughs> when you're on your hands and knees, I just I is that. Are you are you flirty when you're a tile installer, or is it just that that's not the fun thing to put on your Tinder profile? Is that what I, you, I don't probably understand. Probably swipe if you like the tile job. If you like my grout, yeah, I am grout. I have seen episodes of like you know House Crashers, you know, like basically all the DIY HGTV shows. Sure, where you have the handsome host. Do you ever see the episodes where it gets kind of awkward and like the wife? Of the household and the host are like really like really flirtatious with each other. Cause you tell like, that the husband's like, okay, um, I'll go paint this cabinet. You guys. She's like, wow, thing. this guy is really capable, and yeah. he can make all of my household dreams come it's true. Kind of mortifying. So I can see it. Maybe there's women out there that love like little niches in their showers. You know, <laughs> they're and, just finding places right. all over their house for these guys you, to install. You tile the foyer, and then afterwards <laughs> tile the master bath. If you hey. tile my ensuite. Mm-hmm. Mm. Food servers, I get it, yeah. Or waiters or waitresses also on the list. I can see how that's another flirty right. industry. But number 11, law clerks. What? Uh-huh. I love your pleadings. <laughs> mm. You typed that so well. The way you use that stenographer's pad is pretty hot. Uh, they had massage therapists in there. No, oh. no kidding. That's a Dear Penthouse Forum job right, right there. It's like, how was, <laughs> how was your day at work, honey? Dear Penthouse Forum. I feel bad for, you know, people who are trying to just do legit massage therapy jobs and then they have customers who are assuming that there's going to be right. extra. Well, I have a friend. Do you, do you know anybody that's a massage therapist? Uh, I do not. Okay, I have a very good friend that is a massage therapist and she's rather attractive. She's in very good shape because she's also a personal trainer. And she tells me stories about how... She'll do the okay now. Roll over on your back and uh, and well, yes, the, the switchblade will be up. open. <laughs> yeah. Which I uh, mean, at this point, she's just got to be like, oh, there's another one. Yeah, like, here's gonna, another one. I mean, and now her massage is over. Here's a <laughs> here's a, a bucket of ice water. Um, printing press officer uh, operators come in at number thirty. That was my absolute favorite out of all, and they were <laughs> the last one, obviously. So but, there were many more jobs that would keep you single before that one. But who's like, you can't stop my wild and swinging yeah. lifestyle yeah. of the printing press? I know how to do offset four color process. <laughs> First of all, printing press operators pretty much getting obsolete with the decline of the newspaper and the yellow pages. Well, yeah, because it's all ladies are printing now, so it's all computers. So are you saying that you love like? Mr. Hewlett or Mr. Packard? <laughs> I thought that one was my absolute favorite. Now, there is a man in Ohio who had a very interesting experience over the weekend. Hmm. He's walking home. I don't know, maybe he'd had a late night out, but they said he was sober. Hmm. He's 
walking home, he's walking home, he's walking home, and he realizes that something is following him. Mm. And it's not a man or a woman. It's not a terrifying dog. Mm. It's a pig. And so this guy's, he's like, I got to lose this pig. And so he's dodging, he's trying to take a different <laughs> route. He's, and this pig would not leave him alone. He's just following him, following him, following him. And he's like, where do I go? So this guy gets all the way to the Amtrak station. And along the way, he pulls out his cell phone. And he calls the cops because he can't shake this literal pig, which I don't know if he <laughs> if he smelled like pig food or why this pig, pig was food, all, like food like any food. right like trash bacon. He was just this pig was all about it about it. So he had to call the cops, and they thought he was kidding at first, and then they found him, the man outside the Amtrak, and then they saw the pig near him. See, he got it all wrong. What he should have done is he should have just gone to Bob Evans. <laughs> And let nature take its course, right? <laughs> Here, piggy, piggy. <laughs> yeah, and so they actually picked up the pig and put the pig in the police cruiser, which people loved, and the department spokesperson... Adopted the pig? For, no. No? <laughs> no, it's not a police oh. pig. Now. The department spokesperson had to say, by the way, we're making the joke first. We get it. It's hysterical that there was a pig in a cop car. <laughs> You're funny. And so they don't know why. They have no explanation for this random pig and this guy. But they took care of the problem. So oh, really? So there was sausage at the police station the yes. next day. Actually, pigs are very, very smart animals. They are, they are. amongst the smartest. People have mini ones as a, like the pot-bellied yeah. ones, they have them as pets. Until they grow to be about 300, 400 pounds. Well, that that's why you get problem. the little pot-bellied ones, because they only are Maybe like... They, no, no, no. They, the pot-bellied ones will grow to, to several hundred pounds. What? That's when people would get rid of them. That's why they were really, really popular, and then they became unpopular. Because if you keep them mm. and you feed them, they grow. Oh. You know what uh, has grown around here? <laughs> you know, the Craig Folly show has, has grown to it's a grown whopping to two hours. Two hours. Yeah. So enjoy that, because he's up next, and we'll see you tomorrow on Pop That Culture.